This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On this great afternoon for Talk Radio, it's a Thursday edition, and that means the Sound and the Fury panel has joined the proceedings. Anthony Fury is a Sun Papers national columnist. Peter Tabbins, the NDP's critic for energy and the climate crisis. Gents, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, John, doing great. That's Anthony Tabbins. How about you? We always worry about you. Okay, Uh-oh. and and rightfully so. <laughs> all right, he's MIA. That's all right, Anthony, because uh, you and I have things to discuss, and I'm kind of curious that uh, we're starting to see where people are agitating, you know, to get things going. Donald Trump later today, I guess, stateside is going to talk about opening things up, and uh, he's got governors. I think he cited nine states with less than a 1,000 infections each, and he thinks that's about appropriate. It's, uh, I guess a threshold he's willing to uh, accommodate as part of risk management. What about us here, uh, Toronto, the province, maybe regions? Uh, can we start to have this conversation? The prime minister is saying still several weeks away and uh, not really opening things up. Even Doug Ford was saying we can't open the border up. Uh, that's a non-starter. Where do you see us standing at this point? Well, we certainly at the very least have to be having the conversation about how to do it and how to do it responsibly. Look, I think, John, if people are even given the full green light, go ahead, do whatever you want. I really don't think people are going to be playing contact sports, getting into large arenas and so forth. There's going to be a reticence. So if we're given the yellow light, which is obviously what a soft opening is going to be in whatever it is, four weeks' time, I think a lot of people are going to be really cautious. We're going to see a lot of telework continue, so not everybody's going to be in the office. It'll be 50% capacity. I think restaurants... Uh, Well, quite frankly, if you can do pickup and you can do delivery now, I don't see any reason why you can't have every fourth table be full and just make sure people aren't all lining up at the hat check at the same time. And I think that's the sort of stuff we're going to see. If it had been sprung on us randomly, we'd we'd be a little surprised by that. Uh, But we're used to that now. It's the way we're living. And I think we'll be grateful to live under yellow light measures based on the, the red light that we're facing right now. I mean, Donald Trump and others have cited the fact that there are now tangible harms and even deaths being caused that are not coronavirus related. So uh, we're at the point now where, you know, is the cure getting worse than disease? So we got to start doing this gradually soon. A, a smart reopening. All right. Well, Peter Tabbins has joined us. Appreciate that, Peter, and hope you're well. But we were just talking, and I guess you've figured out the conversation about a soft <laughs> launch or rollout uh, because you're in an area, the, the Toronto Danforth that you represent is rife with restaurants. Drove yep. by it the other day and uh, it breaks your heart. It has to, to see these people with all this, you know, uh, labor of love and otherwise sweat equity put into their businesses that stand to lose them. And uh, I see the desperation on their faces. Uh, is it possible that we start wrapping our heads around the idea of a reopening sooner rather than later. And, uh, you know, again, Anthony calls it a yellow light where people are going to be responsible. We think we've got the memo about social distancing and all the rest of those prudent measures. Can we not think about that now, seriously? Well, I I think it's a good idea to ask uh, our medical advisors, our medical experts, our epidemiologists, where we go from from here. Um, Certainly, we're going to have to think about how we re-enter normal life, and uh, their advice is going to be critical. What I've heard so far is if you uh, start to see that the rate of transmission has dropped dramatically, the cases have dropped dramatically, the deaths have tapered off, then you're in a position to start experimenting. But it's interesting, going back to what Anthony said, in South Korea, they've they've been very successful in what they've done, uh, and they've really been able to 
keep a lid on all of this, but they're finding that theaters and uh, movies uh, are just closing themselves because no one's coming out, even though they've got one of the most sophisticated approaches in the world. Uh, those kinds of operations just find that people aren't coming to them. Uh, so I think we're going to find... Again, as Anthony has said, even when the formal rules come to an end or when they're modified, um, that people are going to be very suspicious because I think they will have seen enough death. Uh, they will know what it's like for people who actually get a bad case of this coronavirus. Uh, and they're going to be very, very leery about putting themselves at risk. Is it time well, to start thinking about how we do this? Yeah, and we actually should be working out the rules. What would it take? What would, would our medical experts say to us are the bases, the metrics, for actually moving into that? And I think I'd like to hear those. Well, all right. It's sort of been intimated already that, you know, as long as we flatten the curve and uh, we start to see that. But this idea that we're going to go to zero morbidity, uh, that's unrealistic. So is it possible? Well, actually, it's... no. I, there are some places in the world that are, I think New Zealand's coming close to zero. Um, but the big thing is the rate of transmission has got to drop dramatically. I mean, in China, when the well, rate already of transmission is. dropped dramatically, uh, then they open things up. Uh, and yeah, I know, not. but it's gone from like two to three days in doubling. Uh, now it's about every eight days. And I mean, we're, so we're starting to see... So it's doubling, John. Well, all no, right. I, seriously. That's called flattening the curve. No, that's part yeah, of what flatten. Okay, uh, and we're not overwhelming the system. I get it. But we're also, and to Anthony's point, uh, running the risk that there could be uh, long-term, profound, systemic uh, consequences to all of this i mean i know it's a balancing act i don't have all the answers but i also think a component of this is the psychology behind it like you say peter if you know uh even the theater's open but nobody goes yeah. anthony we're going to have to change people's mindsets on this what do you think the triggers will be i, I think people have already changed uh, their own mindsets on on doing the yellow light stuff i mean uh, the thing about wiping down your ups your amazon prime packages uh you know, picking them up first with a with a barbecue snapper and then bringing it to the sink and so forth. No medical expert was saying that. Maybe one or two people were doing that extreme stuff of their own volition. So when it comes to going back to the theater, I think if if Mervish or Broadway or whoever says, okay, we're going to do, you know, you can sit with your loved one, but when you book, when you go on the online booking grid at Ticketmaster, you're going to see as soon as you book your seat, the other two seats to the left and right of you, they can't be filled. Now, I don't know the costs of, of running those facilities and what 50% capacity means, because they usually uh, sell tickets much more than that. They do quite well at these places. But if they can uh, if they can break even at 50% capacity, I think that's probably something that they're going to have to factor in for the next season uh, until the vaccine comes into place. Because when we talk about flattening the curve and will there still be morbidity, I mean, back when I was saying in January, watch out, this thing's coming here, it might be a problem. Everyone said, oh, Fury, you're being an alarmist. A thousand people die of the flu every year in Canada. So, well, yeah, we probably will continue to have people die of coronavirus, of COVID-19 in Canada throughout the next year. And we're just going to have to realize that, that that's going to be a new normal until we're widely vaccinated. And quite frankly, not everybody's going to get the vaccine, John, even when it is, exists. So we're going to have people die of COVID-19 for the rest of our lives. You know, uh, just to the point you were making about, uh, well, by way of example, the Mervish Theater, I'm thinking of a 200-seat restaurant. If it's reduced to 60 uh, patrons at a time, uh, the numbers don't make sense. So uh, for a lot of people, those metrics are going to disqualify them from continuing in business. Right. 
Yeah, uh, but you did say something interesting, and I know we've talked about this in the past. Uh, you were certainly uh, sounding the clarion call that this is serious, as you have with your own book on electromagnetic pulses, uh, because everybody was so concerned that climate change was actually going to be our uh, undoing. Uh, there were other things. We kind of got blindsided, didn't we, Peter? I mean, in that sense, the climate crisis was the note that everybody was banging on, and here we get blindsided by a pandemic. Uh, maybe we got too distracted by the one thing when the other is far more deleterious. Well, I would say, John, that we've got two deleterious problems here, and we probably have multiple deleterious problems. Uh, the reality is that people, even now, are dealing with the impacts of climate change. Just north shore of Lake Erie, people are seeing flooding this spring. Uh We've been seeing flooding for the last few years. People are Mm. paying out of their pockets, dollars and cents, to deal with the damage. And frankly, you looked at what happened in Australia this past winter winter here, summer there. Um, They had mammoth destruction. Uh, That kind of destruction, flooding, mass fires, those are going to catch your attention. And frankly, is it going to shut down the world world economy? I mean, no, we're you don't talking... have to shut down the world economy. You know that. You well, know that. No, I, uh, we no, don't but ride I mean, horses anymore either, John. Yeah, but look, what I'm saying is if we had to trade one off against the other, uh, I'll take whatever it is that you're addressing any day over what we're now in the throes of. Uh, but uh, I want to come back, because, Anthony, you've talked about uh, this. You were one of the first few, and I will... That the, 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 the whole information coming out of China is now becoming a major uh, point of contention, and I wanted to address that with you guys when we return in a moment. Again, Anthony Fury from the Sun Papers, Peter Tabbins, NDP's MPP for Toronto, Danforth, The Sound and the Fury. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 